Hello and welcome to the Mr. Olin podcast. As usual, my name is Jacob Staten and as usual, I'm joined by Joshua Armstrong. JJ, how are you, mate? Brilliant. Can't complain. I've had a week off work. I've had a 30th birthday. Had a fantastic, beautiful reunion with yourself on Saturday. Finally went back to the city ground. Everything's good. The result, maybe not so much, but fuck, who cares? I'm feeling positive. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really good, thank you, mate. It was sensational to see you on Saturday. Uh, I know you had to survive two trains with no toilet, um, so very proud of you there. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was great for us all to be back. Um, we had a right little kind of posse of us, didn't we, down in uh, in Poets. It was great to great to be back there and uh, having some fun. Speaking of which, I want to shout out Early Doors. Our pal Pete Smith uh, came up to us at Poets and said that he watched the podcast. I had a lovely little chat to him. Uh, it's the first time anybody from the wild has come and said hello to us. So uh, I thought that was really cool of him to do so. So appreciated the chat. Uh, hopefully you're watching this as well. Uh, but yeah, great to meet you. And if anyone else is there, have a chat with us because we do like speaking forest, as I'm sure you can, I'm sure you're aware and I'm sure you can tell us how much shit we talk. So yeah, great. Great to be in poets. Great to meet up with you. And uh, onwards we went, half steamed up to the uh, Brighton game. Absolutely, we did, didn't we? Um, I mean, well, it kind of it started in post, because we got the we got the starting elevens out. Um, them having Dunk um, was back in their squad, wasn't he? He was injured for England duty, wasn't he? That's why he didn't yes. go. Yeah, they had a few. Yeah. They had uh, Dunk. They had uh, Lamptey. I know he got injured pretty swiftly into the game, but he was back into the mix. Ferguson yep. apparently was injured, but Ferguson was there. It's one of those where you felt. Uh, Prior to the game, everyone's saying we've got a great chance here because of all their injuries. And don't get me wrong, they have got a lot of injuries. However, you sort of listen to that lineup and you're like, oh, it's quite good actually, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I know they had a few come back from injury, still got a few out, but they're certainly strong for it. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And then you look at our team and the, the kind of main change, <clears throat> sorry, pardon me. Uh, I think the main change to see was that Sangare was ill. Um, so hopefully that's not a long-term thing but Danilo came in who's a, who's a more than capable replacement uh, and in that as well obviously Chris Wood came in for Taiwo who is going to be out for a long time apparently yeah that, that bit is heartbreaking and mm-hmm. that <clears throat> I did have a bit of confidence going into this game thinking we can get at them because of their injuries but when you take into, in, into account our injuries and the importance of Taiwo that mm-hmm. sort of extends further than just the a squad player being a bit injured and you know he is I think essential I think we're quite reliant on him to play the way we want to play as we'll discuss was probably evident throughout the game so yeah uh, absolutely gutted to see that Tyro's out yeah yeah absolutely um, so I suppose we'll go for the start of the match JJ but I'll, I'll leave that to you because yes. uh, there was a there was a bit of a cue to get in at the back of um back of the Bridgeford end to get in Upper Bridgeford, um, which isn't helped by the fact that uh, there's only three turnstiles down there. So I was actually behind you getting in. So I, I actually missed the goal. You did. I went to the you did. Um, so do you want to you you talk us through it? Because I wasn't there. I'll talk you through the tactical masterclass of how I got <laughs> into the ground. Um, <laughs> there was three of us walking to the turnstiles. Looked very busy. I decided to split off into the third less busy queue that looked like it was quicker moving than the rest. And I heard behind me them going, oh, he thinks he's in the queue for the toilet. 
wasn't. I knew what I was doing. Straight into the ground, straight into my seat. Uh, unfortunately, I missed my looking tire. I heard it as I was walking to the uh, to the seat. But yeah, basically sat down in my seat and about 20 seconds later, Gibbs White has a lovely run at them, um, which is something we're not seeing too much from him, but he looked positive. He looked confident. Yeah. Whipped a delicious ball in um, that I thought, you know, would obviously couldn't quite get there. But the fact that Alanga was there in the right spot, right time, unmarked to just bury it, I thought, Brilliant. I'm gutted for Jacob because he's missed it. I'm happy I got to see it. 1-0 up this early doors at home against a weak and bright inside. We've done it. Don't worry about it. Job done. Three points. What a day. Fantastic. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so then it, then it rolls on a bit, doesn't it? It rolls on. I, th- I think the rest of the first half, obviously I'm going to say the rest of the first, uh, sorry, up to the equaliser, I thought it was very... 50-50. I didn't think any team was particularly in charge. I didn't think anyone was kind of... I think. It, sorry, actually, to be honest, if anything, I think kind of they had more, much more of the ball, as you could imagine, but I think kind of the team taking the scruff of the neck of the game was was, was probably us. Um, I would say, I'd, say, won- I'd say we had the chances of the first half, certainly. Certainly, I, uh, obviously, they scored a very weak goal, which we'll, we'll talk about, but I, what some I've seen people's say online that we got absolutely battered the first half, which I just cannot see at all. I know we were certainly a bit tanked up. We were probably watching a different game completely to everybody else, but f- being in the ground, it just felt like it wasn't that. The disparity wasn't as high as some people are suggesting. I think it was largely equal. If anything, we had the better chances of the half. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's that possession nine-tenths of the law thing, isn't it? You know, that's, that's in a courtroom, not on a football pitch, isn't it? So, we're going yeah. on possession, yeah. They, they, they probably, you know, they were ahead of us. But I, the actual chances, and and until the Evans equaliser, I thought it was quite quite an easy game. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but then, yeah, that equaliser was just, you know, if anyone's watched the vlog, you'll know that <laughs> you'll know that JJ literally said, "Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm not going to quote it. I want you to tell me what you actually said, JJ." Please, it's, it wasn't filmed, unfortunately. Oh, um, was it? okay. But sorry. I. Danilo gave the ball away and I immediately turned to you and said, you know what? I don't mind that if it don't cost oh, us. Oh, that was it, yeah. And then it yeah. kept going. I said, if it doesn't cost us. And it kept going. Mm. I said, if it doesn't cost us. And then bang, it glides out of four. For yeah. fuck's sake. Because we, we were counter-attacking, weren't we? Danilo was down the right wing. Yeah. And I, I think he's, he's tried to play what would be a difficult pass with your strong foot, with his weak foot. And it's just, it should come straight off the defender, hasn't it? And they've literally... Two, three passes, the you know, the balls in the back of the net type thing. Like if I, I, admittedly, it, it was still a good finish though. Great finish, yeah. The, it still felt a bit too easy for them to just walk mm. to us. It felt like we were sort of retreating a little bit. And you can criticize Danilo for his stray ball, but there's a lot of people that that goes past before it goes mm. in the back of the net, and it was a good finish, but it felt it did feel, and this seems to be the sort of the root of all forest goals conceded at the minute, but it just felt unnecessary I would say yes absolutely and that I think that's a really good way to describe the second goal as well so we'd actually already gone down for a uh, half time pie and a pint and a, about six bags of crisps and a hot dog each and that kind of thing um, we were watching the game on the on the, on the TV down on the thing obviously um, but yeah it's just if there's ever a goal not to concede at half time, and I know you shouldn't concede any, but if there's ever a goal not to concede, it's that goal, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's just a, it's a, it's a half decent ball into the box, and the attackers just wanted it more than more than Aina 
has. And, you know, it's, it's a good, it is a good header, but he should never have been allowed to get to it, should he? No, uh, I think Aino mistimed his jump. Um, obviously, it was a good header to travel the distance it did to go in. And I wouldn't particularly say Vlak had anything wrong to do there. I think it's just, again, unnecessary, unfortunate, and ruined my bloody hot dog uh, having to listen to the cheers go in and it not be for us. So the positivity coming down those stairs of once Cooper kicks them up the arse a bit half time, you can get back, back yeah. at them and get back in this, I think. Uh, was zapped slightly at that point because it two one against a side that are like Brighton. I think you're going to struggle typically, but yeah, I mean, obviously second half is different, but it's a shame that we conceded then in the way that we did in the manner that we did. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think we've come out in the second half as well, and it's very similar, very, very similar vein. Probably not much in it. Um, I, I think we need to come out with a bit more fire if I'm being honest uh, and then it comes to the penalty which is one of those ones where I I, I personally don't mind them given if they're all given which is which is my only problem with it but it's it's a very clumsy piece of defending by somebody who's a striker in Chris Wood and I'm I, I just can't have any I just can't I can't you know you can't I you know, I don't know what VAR were checking. It was a penalty. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those ones where it, if that's given, I, that's fair enough. But it's a bit like the, is it the 2018 World Cup when England got all the penalties from the corners, didn't they? Against Panama. If you're gonna if you're gonna give them, awesome. But you have to give them all, uh, and that's the issue, isn't it? They they don't. So I mean, that's a sidebar about referees and VAR. But yeah, and and you know, a very well dispatched penalty, wasn't it? Yeah, well taken penalty. Um, I think there was quite a lengthy pause in the ground whilst we weren't sure what was really happening, yep. uh, which uh, I know we can make all day about VAR, but it just feels like as a fan in the ground, you're just not too sure what's going on. And I, I just don't really like that. Um, so yeah, sure. Give it as a pen, but like you say, be consistent about it. Literally similar chance in the same game, the referee waved on eventually VAR overturns it and we get a penalty, but, you give one of them, you've got to give all of them. And in a different game, you'll see that happen and nothing be given. So yeah. the consistency feels lacking. Um, thankfully, obviously, the Hudson O'Doy one got overturned, but I just think it's a bit soft. So like you say, you can see why it's given. Can't really complain. Is soft. Have to be consistent with it. Well-dispatched penalty. 3-1 down. A lot to do. Uh, chances are we're not going to get back into this, but it seemed to spark us into life a bit and it begs the question why does it take us going 3-1 down to get a bit about us but there you go that's football isn't it yeah yeah it is it is um, and obviously shout out to Morgan Gibbs White because it was an absolutely fantastic penalty um, after such a huge delay as well not even even after the I mean even after it was given there was a huge delay and obviously Lewis Dunk went from a yellow car to a straight red, didn't he? For what were hit, what were, I think everyone's seen on Twitter is he, he called the referee a bold bellend, so, something to those, something to that degree. <laughs> the man, the man speaks the truth. What more I mean, can he say? Speak, the man will speak the truth. Unfortunately, the speaking the truth, you're gonna get your hands cut off, aren't you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can't speak to referees like that, can you? But also. You can't. I think there's an element of it where the referee, for me, was having a bit of a bad day. Um, you thought he got all the big decisions right. I think VAR got the decisions right. But 
the fact that this crowd were chanting, you're not fit to referee and you're shit every week, I reckon that gets in his head. And as soon as a player on the pitch calls him a bell and he's ready to go. Um, so, yeah. yeah you I can't, mean, you can't I mean, speak to referees like that, but if, if, if he's having a shocker, I don't know. You can't excuse yeah. it. You can't speak to him like that, I guess. But, no. you know, it's not, it's not anything we didn't all feel in the stands, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I, I really don't particularly like Anthony Taylor as a referee. I just don't actually think he was that bad against us uh, in the game. Um, I, I'm not saying he was great. I just don't think he was, was particularly that I, bad. I, I thought he was shocking and I think it felt like he was inconsistent in not get, there was some very obvious fouls that we should have been given that he just didn't give. Mm. And then it felt in return, Brighton would get it. And I think their fans would probably say the same thing. Some very obvious fouls that they weren't given that we were then given for. So his inconsistency for me was a, a very weak point of his performance in that I think he were I think he were rubbish. Okay. Um I mean, yeah, I think Steve Cooper summed up after the game as well, didn't he? That um because Anthony Taylor is meant to be one of the top referees in the country, isn't he? And it's the I think he said something similar to what I've just said of, you know, if he's given the if he's given the Brighton penalty, then why can't he see and give the one on field? Thankfully, VAR overturned it, but yeah. how is he not seeing it? I think was, was Cooper's point. Yes. Uh, which, is, which is very fair. But then obviously they're down to 10 men. We scored to make it 3-2. And, and to be honest, I think we gave it a really good go for those last 20 minutes, including extra time. I think we gave it a really, really good good go. And obviously we've, we fell short and there was a really good Ryan Yates header late, later on, but it felt nice to watch his attack for 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it shouldn't have taken that long to do that. But obviously, when they're down to oh, 10 yeah. men, that spurs you on. I think so Hudson... Brighton are good. Brighton are good, yeah. Uh, Hudson Odoi came on. I think he made a really positive impact, which in turn mm. moved Gibbs White to the middle. Therefore, he's yep. got a more positive impact. Uh, Alanga, I've seen some people say he was brilliant, but for me, he didn't back himself quite as much as Hudson Odoi. I feel like he gets to the point where he's against the defender and almost backtracks or doesn't back himself even though he's got the pace to beat them. But I largely felt that within those last 20 minutes or however long it was, we went at him. We had a few chances. I said more than once to you, oh, that was a chance. That wasn't it. That was it. That was our chance mm-hmm. to get back into this. Uh, I think on another day, um, probably equalize. I think been unfortunate. There was one that fell to Danilo's foot from a corner. Unfortunately, way too late for him to react. Um, looking back on it, Gibbs White had one where he could twat it, but unfortunately hit it into the ground. Toflo, I think it was, possibly had a deflected thing that the keeper came up and saved. I think the keeper made one or two very good saves in that last 20 minutes. There was a Yates yep. header. Um, so I think we gave it a very good go. Uh, certainly a good go. And obviously um, that left us quite open to them countering, as we can discuss one of the fucking greatest moments of the game Um, yeah I'll let you take it away because I know you're a particular fan but we were countered Jao Pedro running through talk to me Jacob what happened next well now forgive me because I can't remember which player was actually chasing after him I think it who knows who knows who knows anyway so so he's being chased down and he gets clear and he and he he isn't just clear he's he's on goal he's it's one on one and Murillo just flies out of nowhere, and I because it uh, in my head I thought he was going to go side by side and try and put him off, and you know that kind of thing. And instead of that, I, I I can't I can't describe the tackle. It was amazing. 
He's just flown through the ball. No, none of the man, no messing about, flown straight through the ball and just, I don't know, kind of reignited the, the stadium again, didn't it? Uh, it, was, it was absolutely amazing. When you couple that with some of the passes he was making during that game as well. Yeah. He's, he's a special player, real special player. Absolutely. When Pedro was through, my thought were, hopefully I can just back Flack one-on-one here because to yep. me that's, you know, chances are this could be a goal, but I'd, let's see what Vlack can do. The fact that it didn't even get to him because Murillo did what he did is incredible. And you look at the video back, someone's put it on Twitter and said the fuckers jogged half of the time to make it harder for himself. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, that turn of pace to just sprint and still make the tackle, even though mm-hmm. he's behind the player, is just incredible. And I think that desire and that passion to make that tackle that, like you say, invigorated the crowd a bit more and sort of revitalises a bit. I think, you know, he is a very special player and he will not be at Forest for much longer. We'll get a lot of money for him. He's a very special player. People are probably sick of hearing people online say that, (laughs) but he is incredible. And like you say, some of the passes he was putting together, uh, granted, not every single one came off. There's a few that went astray, but even the success rate of the ones he did for a player in his position, that young having so few professional games is yep. just, some of the passes were ingenious and they were pitch perfect uh, and is an extra element to allowing us to sort of go forward in an attack. So unbelievable player. Has he, has he played more games for us now than more than Corinthians? How many it's has he played? I, can't, I think it was 13 professional games. Be, close. Um, Must be close. I don't think he's played 13 yet, has he? But um, yeah, yeah, the fact uh, that he only played a few is is mental for where he's at. Yeah, seven. So you know, in six games' time, he's played more games for us than he has for. Corinthians. It, it might be more than thirteen. Thirteen is just what I can remember. I'm looking at I'm looking at on transfer market. Yeah, it's it's thirteen. It's it's, it's it's crazy, isn't it? He's he's going to be a huge player, and yeah, you know, I'm trying not to get too attached. If I'm being perfectly honest, JJ. Yeah, yeah. we shouldn't because he's not going to be here. If we can keep mm-hmm. him next season, and if he can build upon these performances, or yeah consistently put in the same performance as he has been, uh, will have done very well. He's a great player. So great uh, scouting, uh, great transfer. Um, To go back to the chances at the sort of end of the game, I think we had a great go, but the last kick of the game, 3-2, lights on, city grounds ready. We get a corner. Vlak has gone up into the box. It's time. This is special. And I said to Jacob, film this. Because if a keeper goes up, you've got to film this. This is going to be unbelievable. Cue Morgan Gibbs-White not beating his first man from a corner and the game ending. I think mm. we need to talk about set pieces in general because whilst that one was a bit like, oh, for God's sake. I think, for me, set pieces felt better on uh, Saturday. Toflo in yeah. particular, his yeah. corners were improved. And it was <clears throat> interesting to see that Gibbs-White wasn't on every corner and they were almost listened to people saying get him off it. So I think we would certainly better. We have some better deliveries. Obviously not brilliant, but still good to see that they're at least listening, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think I think that, I don't know. The game in the game in general I think was was we handled it a lot better around things like set pieces and that kind of thing and I even think those last 25 minutes all the chances we tried to take we were pretty calm, nodding it back across goal and not just snatching at stuff, which was um which which was really nice to see. It's just we just really unlucky we didn't actually get manage to get a point or it. Or yeah, 
And this is more. this is why I feel a bit confused by seeing the fallout online because I feel like I've met, I, I've watched a different game because I've seen people say we were terrible, disappointing, crap, like Cooper out, all this shit. I don't think we were that bad. I don't think Brighton were that good. Brighton were okay, and I think we were fine as well. I just don't think we were that bad. Yeah, I, I think three all would have been a fair result. Um, I'm, you know, I'm obviously not, I'm not happy about the how it's ended, but you know, I don't think it was, you know, a kick in the teeth or anything like that. I just think we got beat by a better team on the day. Now this is a top six team, isn't it? Let's be, let's be honest. They're playing in Europe. This yeah. is, yep. They're, they're a good side. If that's their top seven, eh? But yeah. yeah, they are. They're in top six now. Um, One of the best managers in the in the country. Apparently, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're in Europe. Their second squad is. If that's their second string squad, it's very strong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, I know they've got injuries. Just said, but you know, playing Jao Pedro instead of Karu Mitoma. Uh, still got Everson for. Um, Evan Ferguson up front, Tarek Lamptey came back from injury. Um, Lewis Duncan, Dunk, Van Heck. Brogan looks a decent keeper. Uh, Pascal Gross has been fantastic. Edinger you know, looks good. They've got yeah. good players. They've got good players. Yeah, yeah, and they've got a good system and they keep ticking over and it's, you know, um, you know, it's kind of a bit like the, the Brentford thing a few seasons ago. They're, they're, they're on pretty well, aren't they? So, yeah, why not? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't understand the Cooper. I don't understand Cooper. I mean, obviously I've, respect pretty much everyone's opinion if they, they want to say Cooper out because I don't think we're making progress but I can personally see absolutely see the progress we're making absolutely see it um, you know if you, if you look at the teams we've lost, the teams we've lost to this season Brighton, West Ham, Liverpool Man City, Man United, Arsenal only West Ham aren't top six really aren't they? If you said to these Cooper out people would you take the Zerbi over Cooper they'd go absolutely and if you said to them well he hasn't won in six in the league He's drawn at home to Sheffield United. He's drew at Everton. He's drew at Fulham. Mm. If Cooper did that, they'd be fuming. And that's yep. the thing. Man, like Managers go through peaks and troughs, unless you're Pep Guardiola. But you, you go through some... Sometimes you're just on a run where you can't buy a win or you keep drawing. Yeah. The, the, even the managers like Unai Emery has lost to some shit teams in the past. Even though he's... The, look at Villary, they've got Unai Emery. Deserves on this run. Bad at Arsenal, wasn't he? He wasn't good at Arsenal. Yes, he's done very well at Villa, uh, but he's still lost to some teams that he shouldn't be doing. And he's been on a few poor runs. And uh, well, maybe not. They've got like a really great record, but still, a few points have they've not picked up. They've drawn or they've lost to get to team they should be beating. And it's the same with Deserbi. Like these things happen. You can make excuses for Deserbi with his injuries, being in your fixture congestion, yeah. and I think. What they'd actually say is, that's a hindrance, but he's like a victim of his own success there. By fixture congestion, by being in Europe and having injuries due to that, is being a victim of your own success. They've done so well to get into Europe, so therefore they've got more fixtures. And I think Cooper is a victim of his own success with these lot because we're comfortably in the Premier League. Um, We're not top eight or top ten, but because he's stayed up, for some reason now we're entitled to do more. So I think his success has put him on a pedestal where we should be doing more. But I just, for me, I completely disagree with that. I think it's great to be ambitious, but be realistic. We've got an eight-point cushion. We're not really threatening to go down. The squad is good. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I understand this. You know, <clears throat> you know, if we're looking at the owner's point of view, he's he's invested a lot, hasn't he? Type thing, but. 
it takes a lot to stay in this league, doesn't it? That's why we weren't back there for 25, 12, 23 years, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't see it. I, I really don't see it. Um, you know, I can't see it. So, like, you might get pelters for this, but even if we were to go down, I don't think there's anyone better to bring us back up, is there? Well, Not I, that we're going yeah. down. I really don't think we're going down, but no. uh, even at this point. But. At this point, it wouldn't get to that. If we went down, there's no way he would still be in charge. Um, no, no, he wouldn't, the way. But there's nobody else I'd want in charge. Though. Exactly. I like this squad is good and is capable of getting top 10, but that at the minute in our second season is m- merely an ambition. And I yeah. think it's misplaced ambition to be three points off top 10 moaning about the manager, even though we clearly look better than we were last season. We're one win off 10. We're in between the bottom with an eight point cushion. We're closer to the top 10 than we are the bottom. So why is that a bad thing? Yeah. He's clearly the right person for the job. And we've got players in and we have players performing the way they are because of him and his man management. People have been shouting for Lepetegu, who's been labelled as Wolves fans as slow and boring football, but they ask him for him as a solution to what they deem as boring football with Steve Cooper. So it just don't make sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense to me either. But, you know, I, I get people are frustrated. I absolutely do. You know, yeah, we've, of course. We've, we've not, there, there are times when we absolutely haven't showered ourselves in glory, but come on, man. Like, we, we, we are, I think, collectively as a, as a fan base, we're, we're a bit better than this. Um, one thing I've just looked up, this is going to, I think, I think you'll find this hilarious is that, so Murillo actually only made his, his full debut for the first team at Corinthians uh, in April this year, on April 29th. Mad. Mental. Um, the, day, the day we lost 2-1 away at Brentford, that was when he made his debut and now he's playing for us in the Premier League. Mad. <laughs> Mad. That is incredible. Special player. Special player. Special, special player. And and he's one that if we can keep him for, you know, the rest of the season and, and hopefully, you know, next season, that's just somewhat, someone else to build on, isn't it? You know, but we've, we've finally got a, a somewhat settled back four. Amazing. You know, we had to ruffle the feathers a bit in midfield with Danilo, who's only just come back from injury himself, uh, which is a bit unfortunate because I, I think he would, would have done better if he was fully fit. Um, you know, and then we haven't got Ty up front. So we just, you know, we're still a bit in flux, aren't we? I think if we, if we could play that team that played against um, Villa. Villa at home, that is the first team, isn't it? That that, that for me is the first team. Um, we are in flux though. We are, because we're a second yeah. season team. And last yep. season we had the whole 30 signings, difficult to embed that. It's not changed mm. this season. There's still 13 people coming in. That is still a difficult task to mold yeah. together whilst having the task of transitioning mindset tactics, formations, all this with new personnel. And I think we're doing a bloody good job of it. We look better and we've shown flashes where it's clicking really well and working. So if we had a fully fit, our first choice 11 with Tywo up from, it's a different story, I think. But we don't have that and we're making do with what we've got largely, whether that's a few draws here and then just about losing to someone like Brighton. It's fine. We, We can't be so entitled as a fan base to just expect to be top 10. Our, our goal difference is still good. We're a win off 10th. Eight points from relegation zone. Relegation. Lovely cushion. Fine. And we've yeah. got Everton next, which is a good chance to pick up points. That's a segue for you, Jacob. Oh, Segui. There you go. So, you know, ignoring everything we've just said, do we think Everton's make or break for Cooper? As suggested by most, a lot of the fan base on Twitter and the media, it sounds like it is. It sounds like he's 
under pressure, but it sounds like he's always under pressure with this ownership. Mm-hmm. And I said to you earlier, like, I don't think Maranakis being impatient and ambitious is enough of an excuse for him to sack him. I just don't think that works for me. So I do think he's under pressure and I think it could be make or break for him, but I hate the thought that it is because I just can't see it. It's going to add an extra layer of complications to the game if we're feeling under pressure, but I think if anyone can sort of thrive off that, it's this squad and Steve Cooper because how many times has he come in and faced this sort of criticism or like under pressure circumstances where he's turned it around? He came to the club bottom of the championship under pressure. Of course he was to keep us up. He took us up, went into the playoffs under pressure. We still went up. He went into last season under pressure with 30 new signings, survived. At Leicester, he was a dead man walking. We lost 4-0, stayed up, got a new contract. There was a Leeds game further on that season where he was labelled a dead man walking by people in the boardroom. Still survived, still took us up. It blows my mind that there's even the conversation going on now. And I know people say we're not Steve Cooper FC, we're Forest FC, fine, but he is the manager of Nottingham Forest, so therefore we should back him. And... I do think it's make or break, unfortunately. I just think it's the entirely wrong thing to do. But I'm confident that if anybody can rescue that situation, it would be him and this squad. Who yeah. He hasn't lost a dressing room. Certainly back him. Yeah, absolutely. What about absolutely. you? What do you think? Do you think it's make or break for him? Um, I understand where it might be, but no, it's not make or break for him. You know, I think make or break for him is relegation. That's, that's, that's where I see it. Um, personally, ignoring you know reality, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, we are 14th, and yes, we did just lose at home. But co- come on, man! Like <laughs> this is the Premier League, it's the toughest league in the world, isn't it? For a reason, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, look, look at the top. Look at the top of the table. Six points separates the top six. Seven points for the top seven. Eight points for top eight. That's at the top. Good maths, good maths. I'm looking at the table right now. Between Arsenal, who are first on 30, and Brighton, who are eighth, that terrible team Brighton on 22, eight points separate the top eight, point per position. That is but this is where, crazy. you know, you look crazy. at... Brighton fans will be looking at it going, oh my God, we're eight points off top. What a great position to be in. That's a a, a good place to be. We're, we've got an eight-point cushion from the bottom, and you should look at that in a similar vein of great cushion to have yep yeah I guess some of our mindsets you, if you're looking specifically at the fact we're 14th which I think is about right for where we are then I think you're looking at it wrong look at the points look at the performances there are flashes of it going well and there's flashes of it clicking and we will get there yeah I think there's I think there's probably already two tables isn't there this the way it's going to go I think there's two battles clearly I, I, between I think the top it's three. Ten. I'm looking down to Chelsea I know Oh, you think it's three it's three there's the the top yeah, 10, true, true. there's the yeah. 10th to 16th, 15th, and then there's fodder. Yeah. I, I, I think it's probably probably a straight battle between Luton, Sheffield United, Everton and Burnley for going down. Three of, the, three of those four. Yeah, um, I think you'll see Bournemouth, Fulham, Marcel, Palace, Wolves picking up enough. Brentford will probably never get anywhere near it. Chelsea are in flux themselves, but you know they do have good players. West Ham, West, West Ham are a peculiar team at the minute, man. Really peculiar team. Um, when they turn up, they can really turn up. 
and then when they don't, they they really don't. Yeah. Uh, and then you're looking at you know Newcastle have got some horrific injuries plus Champions League football, uh, which is never easy to combat. Manchester United, I I don't understand them. I don't understand what Ten Hag's doing. Ange, Ange Ball's only just lost his head a little bit, hasn't he? Because he's had... Um, yeah. He played Emerson Royale at centre-back, wasn't he? I think that tells you. Well, he's playing a right-back and a left-back at centre-back on Saturday. On Saturday? Saturday night? Mm. Uh, no, yesterday, wasn't it? Sunday. Uh, and then, you know, Liverpool, I, I, you know, speak, you know, I don't think City have played well this season and they're only a point off the top. Arsenal on fire again this season, aren't they? Challenging again. Liverpool flying under the radar. It's it's a it's a an amazing season this season. I think it's gonna be one Let, of the best on record. Yeah, let's just say though, Forest fans pinpoint Crystal Palace as their ideal mid table club. Let's emulate them and try and get to where they are. There's the next logical progression of step. They're at one place above us, I think they're two points ahead of two us, points. and they've just Same lost back to back games against Everton and Luton. Yep. That's the nature of it. It's a tough league. And they've lost to yeah. Luton. They've lost to Everton. We drew against Luton at home. Granted, you know, a frustrating performance. A lot went wrong there. But it could be worse. And if a team like Crystal Palace losing to them, that's who we're trying to emulate. It's one of those, isn't it? Yeah. It happens. So yeah. I just I just think we need to be really realistic. But Everton are next. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I, th- I think it'd be an absolute dirge of a game. I, think, I don't think it'd be great in any capacity. I'd like to see us try and keep the ball on attack and build play like we did against West Ham away in the first half. You know, when West Ham, West Ham went or something there from that that mistake mm. and um, then basically left us with the ball and I thought we actually played really, really well. So I'd like to see us do that because one thing that's definitely going to happen is they're not going to come out and attack us, are they? Um, mm. But yeah, I don't think, uh, how that's the 5.30 game that's on TV, I have, I have no idea. Yeah. Absolutely no idea. But yeah. Um, yeah. With the uh, points deduction that they've had, I thought this could be a bad time to play them. Felt bad, a little bit bad for Man United, but not really because I don't care about them. But, you know, you never think of a worse time to play them uh, than at home after a 10-point deduction when all the fan base comes together. But I'll just read you out a tweet that I saw, which is quite funny. Paddy Power? It's not. Adam Clary says... Everton fans raising over 40 grand, getting 35,000 people organised for a protest and creating a bear pit atmosphere only to get the goal of the season dropped <laughs> dropped on them in about 150 seconds, Barclays. Yeah. Uh, and they all they all left as well in time for Strictly yeah. Come Dancing, which is, I think, that, the one you're referencing. Problem, so <laughs> uh, possibly not quite as a uh, bit between the teeth as we thought. I think they they will target this game as one they can get points off. It will be a very physical battle. If Sangari is out, I think this has to be one for Ryan Yates to come into and just be a bit of an arsehole in that midfield. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're not going to make it easy for us. They will try and frustrate us and they will try and dampen the crowd because Sean Dyche knows this club, has followed this club and knows how to get at us. And the first step of that is quieting down the atmosphere. So it is going to be a, rotter of a game I think um, but we should we should be looking they're going to look at this and target three points we should be looking at this and targeting three points 100% you can argue that whilst there's no better time for them to play as whilst they've got their backs up there's no better time for us to play them whilst they're distracted with all this stuff uh, and been pulled back into a bit of a battle so yeah it should be a pretty shit game but one I'm looking forward to mainly because your pal's coming down from uh, America so All the way across. I'm looking forward to the session more than the actual game, but 
yeah, I'm going for a first win and I'm going for 2-0. Oh, 2-0. I'm going to go 3-1. I'm going to go 3-1. Uh, I, too, am looking forward to the sesh. My dearly beloved friend, Casey Fitch, is coming all the way from US of A. Um, we've got him a ticket. He's, in, he's, he's coming. It's going to be a great, great, great time in Poets before the game as well. Um, Lovely. Yeah, we had a great, we had a, you know, just to echo JJ as well, thanks to um, Pete for coming and saying hello to us on Saturday. Saturday? Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday, yeah. Saturday, um, it's wonderful to talk to you guys. Um, and shout out to Post as well because they've done some decorating. There's loads of forest pictures up around now, and it's or even more than there was before. And they're, they're, they're nice memories to have on the wall, aren't they, JJ? They are. And let's have some more of them by keeping Cooper in a job. Oof, oof, <laughs> absolutely. So you've said two 0 I've said three one. Was it last season? Two all, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, let us know. Let us know in the comments what you think is going to be. Um, I think it's going to be, like I say, a dirge of a game. But it's one of those ones. Was it? Was it the Leeds game when we won two two nil when Tyler Walker scored in the last minute? I, I seem to remember that being like we went up, we went went ahead pretty early on, and then basically just battled battled yeah. it out in a counter attack. So um, it could be a very similar game to that. I think. Yeah, we've uh, had a Ruby up here. She's uh, wants to say a piece. What's up, mother? She's going to take over as the new host of this podcast. The Red Dog. <laughs> Ruby Red Dog. <laughs> there you go. I, I, I ain't got King Billy on me, so. It's a shame. Um, it is a shame. But uh, if you're listening for the first time, thank you very much for finding Appreciate it. And if you've come back again and again and again, God knows we love you. You Reds. You Reds.